Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always glad to have this man back. He's an author. He's a movie maker. He's a great mind in America. It's Dinesh D'Souza. Dinesh, how are you? Good to see you. Hey, Joe. Always a pleasure. Great to be back on the show. Uh, you know, it's a pleasure to have you here. As you know, I'm based in San Antonio. We've got a bunch of stations outside of there, but you'll be coming to town next week to UTSA, which means University of Texas at San Antonio. And it's a very liberal school. Not not quite as bad as Austin is, I don't think. But uh, it's still going to be a pretty rough crowd. Uh, and you haven't done this in a while. Did you sort of put a pause on that because of COVID? Well, what happened is the campuses kind of shut down. And they were having a hard enough time, you know, continuing their classes. A lot of them went online. Uh, students sometimes left campus. And so speakers were, there have been a few, but it's been kind of a rarity. And uh, then, as you know, my wife, Debbie, is a bit of a germaphobe, so she was a bit reluctant right. for me to go. So I've, I've taken a hiatus from the campus. But, of course, I cut my teeth speaking on the campus. I started speaking on the campus in the early 1990s. It's really fun. And I like engaging with young people, particularly young people that want to sort of spar with me or have an open mind and want to learn. So I'm curious to see who it turns out. It's been a little while, but uh, my topic is lies of the left, and I'm going to focus on the really big ones. Well, good, and, and I can't wait to see that. You know, last time you were here, I think it was UTSA, you did have a back and forth with somebody who was trying to light you up, but you made him look foolish. It's my goal, it's my hope, and I, I'm guessing it's your goal, to go to a school like this, realizing that they're indoctrinated, and maybe just ask them to give you a little bit of time. Hear what I'm saying find out for yourself whether it's true, challenge me if you want to, but don't be belligerent. I'm guessing that's the goal, right? Completely. And my approach is very much the Socratic. It's the one of raising questions and getting people to really think. Uh, and the good news about today's uh, world that we live in is you can check things out very quickly, uh, even on your phone. So if I say, for example, that the vast majority of segregationists in this country were Democrats, a uh, student goes, oh, that's not true. That's not what my professor said. It's like, all right, well, let's take a look uh, and let's look for the names of Republican segregationists versus Democrats. Let's see who comes up. So right. it's a very easy way to get people to verify that what I'm saying is true and that they're being sold a little bit of a propagandistic point of view in the classroom. But only if they let you speak. And I think that's a big thing. Um, you're going to be at UTSA on the 18th. Is that what it is? Yeah, exactly. It's next Tuesday. Okay, so next Tuesday, if you're in the San Antonio area or anywhere nearby, we've got 16 stations in, in Texas and people I think would drive a long way to see you, uh, ch check out uh, DineshDesouza.com. I know it's on Eventbrite, and I'll put that link up uh, when we post the video later. Um, any trepidation, knowing uh, what Riley Gaines just went through? We just had her on the other day. What, what a courageous young woman who just wants fairness. She's not anti-trans. She's not anti-LGBTQ. She's anti-unfair practices in, in women's sports. And she was holding up for three hours at San Francisco State University before the police could escort her out. She missed her plane and everything. She says she was hit a couple of times by a guy. Any trepidation something like that could go on? I'm not too worried about it. I mean, I know that there are certain campuses, uh, campuses in Portland, Oregon, campuses in San Francisco. I've spoken at most of these places at some point or the other. And some of these campuses, well, the really toxic combination, Joe, is when people are very ideological and very stupid. It's a very uh, bad combination because then when they when they see you, they get triggered, they get very angry, but they have room temperature IQs and they're not intelligent enough to be able to formulate a response. So that's when they want to charge you or they want to start screaming. Uh, and sometimes they just scream and run away, but other times they scream at you or they start moving toward you. Right. So hopefully none of that will happen. The campus is going to have adequate security. I think it's going to be just fine. My tone is not going to be inherently 
overly provocative or belligerent in any way. Right. But on the other hand, I am going to lay out some tough truths about racism, about fascism, about gender. Uh, and if I have time, I'll talk about guns and about the climate. Good. Uh, it's Dinesh D'Souza. Go to DineshD'Souza.com. Great movie maker, incredible author, great political mind, a conservative mind in our country, and, and a great friend of mine. And I appreciate you coming on the show. Let's get into something that you just said. Really, uh, I laughed a little bit because you said they'll charge you. You mean that physically, but if you saw the video the other night from Riley Gaines at, at SFSU, they literally said, tell you what, let's charge her $10 for each of us, then we'll let her pass. When you say they're stupid, you really mean that. They were so riled up because they believe in the opposite side of what she believes, but if she gives them 10 bucks, Dinesh, it's all good. Well, this is the point that's been really striking to me, and it's it's a larger point. It's it's turning virtue into a racket. Right. Uh, and we see this happening all the time. I mean, you look at these activists now in Democratic uh, inner cities, and what they do is they, they run a riot. Then the cops show up and tear gas them or push them around. Uh, and then what they do is they sue the city. They sue the city not because their case has any merit, but because they know that it's a democratic establishment in the city that wants to siphon taxpayer money to do a settlement and pay off the activists. And that's how these guys make a living. And this has been happening now in multiple cities. It recently happened, I believe, in New York City. And so these are people who, on the one hand, pretend to be on the side of what's good and they pretend to be self-sacrificing. And on the other hand, they're always taking money on the side. On a larger scale, that's exactly what BLM was, right? These women now, um, they own millions and millions of dollars in homes in Canada, Atlanta, in Toluca Lake, California, and they have not shown up anywhere in Chicago to stop the violence against black people. So this is really what it was. It's almost a, it's a scam. It's an embezzlement scam. Either you change the number of black faces or LGBTQ faces on your TV show, or we'll sue you for $20 million, or you have to donate to BLM. That's really the, it's a, it's a broader scheme when they do it, right? Well, I think, you know, there, in a way, there are two parties to the scheme. And what makes the shakedown scheme so corrupt is that very often the corporations are fighting with themselves to pay these people. Yes. So there's the virtue signaling coming out of the corporation. So it's not that surprising. You can almost think of it as a sort of a market. And the BLM activists realize there's a market opportunity. All these hedge funds and all these prestigious corporations are just like looking to give us money. All we have to do is pretend to accuse them of racism. Then they pay us. Then we issue them a certificate of absolution. Hey, you're woke. You're okay. And this is how the game is played. So in a way, Jesse Jackson invented the game in the late 1970s and early 80s. But it's been taken to a whole new level by groups like BLM. It's uh, Dinesh D'Souza. Go to DineshD'Souza.com. April 18th, Tuesday, he'll be here in San Antonio, UTSA. Like to go see him speak. Find out about the tickets. Go to his website, and we'll put up the Eventbrite um, link as well. You bring up Jesse Jackson, and I've, I've long wanted to ask you about this. He was filled with virtue when he was to the right hand of Martin Luther King Jr. What happened to him, do you think? Is it because he found there was a profit center on making things worse than they were? Because at at one point, Andrew Young was a good guy, and Jesse Jackson was a good guy. Al Sharpton never was, but I mean, those guys specifically, what do you think happened to them? Well, you can add the name of John Lewis. Think of John Lewis. He was a hero, a young hero of the civil rights movement. But all of these people sort of went um, went corrupt. 
And by that, I mean, is they they turned a cause and, and a cause, by the way, that was successful. So you think that they would have a celebration and go, look at the look at the way we've come since the 1950s right. and 60s. All the segregation laws have been shut down. If anything, we now have systematic preferences in favor of blacks. But no, they all figured out, listen, we've kind of got to keep this going because this is what pays the mortgage. So, you know, even when Nancy Pelosi wanted to shut down operations in the House and she realized it's going to look very uh, undemocratic to do this. This is, by the way, when Trump was president right. and Republicans had a majority in the House. She basically corrals John Lewis and says, listen, the only way we can shut down the House is we need to have some kind of civil rights cover for what we're doing. So we need somebody like you who has a civil rights history to lead this. And John Lewis is like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. So the, this guy was completely willing to be played as a pawn and to take a cause like civil rights and just basically use it now as a political battering ram. So it's just shameful what these people have done. And of course, they've desecrated the whole concept of civil rights and, and they've made it a very profitable industry for themselves. What a great answer. And, and in modern times, we've got this guy, Justin J. Pearson. Have you been watching this in Tennessee? This guy is an actor. Six years ago, seven years ago, he was clean cut. He wants to be a moderate. He's going to talk to Republicans and Democrats, bring both sides together. Now he's raising his eyebrows and has big glasses on and he's got a a medium fro, and he's basically uh, Jesse Jackson, Malcolm X, and, and Martin Luther King Jr. had a baby. And, and he's just acting. Dinesh, the guy's acting. And, and you see it. I see it. I think those near him see it as well. But they think they can gain something. Is that what, the, is that what, the, what, what this whole formula is? We can gain you know, something is, from this guy, this so leave him alone. This is a very old American story. And in fact, it has its roots even in like Mark Twain. If you go to really? Huckleberry Finn, you know, Let's fast forward to the, do you remember the rumble in the jungle where Muhammad Ali fought, fought George Foreman for the title? This was right. in Zaire. Right. If you look at a video of that event, you see the airplane landing, out comes Ali, out comes Foreman, and both of them are almost unrecognizable because they're wearing massive African outfits, dashikis <laughs> and so on, and they're to greet them on the tarmac right. are like 300 Africans in suits, basically so looking crazy. to see, what's up with you two, you know? <laughs> but both of them, exactly, it's, it's a kind of theater they're trying to sort of be more or each one wants to be more authentically African uh, it's a game and it's a game that's in that's ultimately played with something to be some with some money that end up in your pocket he's an amazing speaker great author great movie maker it's Dinesh D'Souza you nailed that you're so right the Africans wanted to greet them and and, and make them feel comfortable and and by the way they probably wore suits in their daytime jobs in Africa and and the other side was pandering to them the entire time it's such a great comparison but with, with this guy it's so obvious what he's doing he's basically Rachel Dolezal he's basically you know Sean uh, what's the guy's name Sean King and and you we all see it even those again near him see it. But do we have to shut up or else racism? Do we have to shut up or else I'm a bigot? It's because we know who the guy is. We showed his video yesterday. He's a clean-cut guy probably from an upper-income family. He was going to a private school. This is a case where I give some of the blame to the Republicans. And okay. here's what I mean. The Republicans decide, let's throw these three renegades out because they're leading. I mean, if you use the January 6th standard, they're disrupting an official proceeding. They're parading in a public building and they're leading an insurrection. What's the difference? Right. There's almost a clinical similarity in the two cases. But what do the Republicans do? They lose their nerve. They throw out the two guys and they retain the one woman. 
and it turns out that the two guys are black, so they scream racism. Right. And what does the one white woman do? She goes on TV and goes, well, listen, the, the reason I was spared is I'm a 60-year-old white woman and the other two guys are black, so this is all about the color of our skin. So right away, the script is now already being typed out, you yeah. might say. So then the, these Justin guys get out and go, listen, we've already got the script. We're obviously actors. Let's get out on stage and play the part. But it's Republicans in a weird way who enable this. Isn't that crazy? And Republicans always fall for the trap. It's Dinesh D'Souza speaking at UTSA next Tuesday, the 18th of April. Make sure you go and check out check out for tickets. Go to his website, DineshD'Souza.com. Let's go, um, go, 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 go broke. You know, Dinesh, that's a great little phrase, but it didn't work. Uh, Nike is flourishing. Nike's been doing just great, even though they were idiots by supporting Colin Kaepernick against the police, against American values, against the American flag, against the military, because he would kneel for the national anthem. They gave him $30 million, and again, he grew out his hair and suddenly he's an activist but they didn't go broke did it really take bud light to make this happen (laughs) is that the heartland of america they said well screw it and bud light has now lost five billion dollars in in worth and value simply because they use this trans actor uh, in one of their campaigns is are we finally here where if you go woke you go broke well, I think it's I think it depends is my answer, okay. because you're right. There are certain brands, uh, I mean, um, that have been able to get away with this. And uh, it's partly because boycotts are really hard to organize and particularly hard to organize when the product is somewhat indispensable, okay. when there's no real easy alternative to it. But I think what happens with 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 Bud Light is Bud Light is beer and beer goes together with an ethic of masculinity, an ethic of kind of traditional relaxation. And and the audience of Bud Light is by and large people who don't want to be seen as if they're like, they're going to be guys in a women's bathroom. So it's unbelievable that they would choose that kind of symbolism for this sort of product. And I think in that sense, they made themselves vulnerable to, and remember, as far as I know, there's not even any kind of organized boycott. It's there just isn't. the customers. This is a case where you're just repulsing your own customers, and they're like, I think I'm going to stay away, at least yeah, for now. Right. And that's what's happening to Bud Light. It's it's amazing because you and I both, both saw the commercials before. It wasn't that long ago where you had a bunch of guys going, what's up, you know, for Bud Light. And then you had the dog, and you had b- bikini girls on the beach, and you had guys, you know, finishing at the oil, you know, in the oil field, cracking open a Bud Light. You go from that to Dylan Mulvaney, who's an actor, still a guy, just puts on a wig and some makeup, and now he's the, the face of oil Ole, of Olay. He's the face of tampons that he can't use, and now he's the face of Bud Light. So I think it's fun. Because I think what you just nailed is right. People who drink Bud Light or drink beer don't want to be somehow equalized or or compared to those who think men should be in in women's locker rooms or in women's bathrooms. That really is what it is, right? Oh, I'm I'm a middle-of-the-country man or woman. I I just put in a long day's work. I want to crack a Bud Light. I don't want this woke stuff shoved down my throat. That's really what it took. Well, I mean, it's it's a broader problem, as you know, in advertising. I mean, the other day I was just watching TV, watching a – I think we were watching something to do with airline disasters or something fairly benign. Yeah. And I turned to my wife and I go, Debbie, I go, do we live in Africa? And I was I was being kind of facetious. But what I meant is if you just went by the commercials, yes. you would think we live in a country that's like 98 percent black. Right. And, you know, even as a person of color, I was like a little offended at this. But just because of the kind of brazen absurdity of the whole thing, it looks like every corporation is now into all this. And the result of it is, I mean, to an outsider, downright comical. 
No, it is, and I made that notation before, but I am white, so I can't. I can't get away with it. You might have an easier time, probably not, because we think ideologically similarly. Uh, but you're right. We're eighty to ninety percent black. We're about fifty percent gay. We're about twenty or thirty percent trans. None of which is demographically even close. And if there is a white guy in the commercial, it's the doofus. It's always the dumb guy. I don't know what I'm doing. And then the doctor or the lawyer is the black guy who comes and saves the day. It's Dinesh D'Souza. Go there, DineshD'Souza.com. Find out about uh, going and seeing him on, on the next Tuesday, April 18th. Uh, one last quick one, Dinesh, if you don't mind. How exactly is it that Chicago, as bad as it is, in the state that, it, that it's in, where people are flocking to just to get, out, get the hell out of town, those that are staying might be killed any given weekend, can elect a Marxist, a socialist, who literally said, no more police, we're going to give everybody free income, uh, we're going to respond with counselors if somebody is, is a victim of a crime. How does that happen? Well, on the face of it, it makes absolutely no sense, right. right? If you start with the premise, people obviously like to live in prosperous and clean and safe neighborhoods. You have to ask yourself, what's going on in places like San Francisco or Chicago? Yeah. Uh, why is it that people would continue to behave this way? And I think the answer has to be this, that the people who are voting for these Marxist characters are by and large not necessarily the people in the inner cities, but are white people who are living in safer parts of Chicago. They don't have a direct experience with crime. And they and, and so to them, it's a form of virtue signaling. Now, the people in the inner city are also voting left, but for a completely different reason. For them, it's dependency. The Democrats are paying the mortgage. The Democrats are, and And for the Democrats as a party, they don't mind ruining the cities. This is what people don't get because they think, wait a minute, at some point they're going to pull back. No, because their point is, hey, listen, once people move out, out of the nice condos, we'll take over those condos and turn them into homeless shelters. Wow. And by doing that, we guarantee that block of vote permanently for us. And this is what happened in Venezuela. It's happening to a lesser degree in American cities. And we're seeing, so we're beginning to see a, a spiral of destruction with no easy way to know how to get out of it. Dinesh, thanks a million. I really appreciate you coming on. Always a pleasure. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. Joe Pags. coming on. We've got another big hour coming your way. It'll be Tracy Beans coming up, the latest out of Arizona and Cary Lake. Plus, we've got a mother in trouble because she wanted to stop drag queens from dancing on her kid. Keep it here. This is the Joe Pegg Show.